probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabber the Hud, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. But hey... You need somewhere to lay low? You won't go wrong at Black Blyer Outpost. <laughs> Another one! Of course! Of course! That makes so <sighs> much sense. Matty Boy, how, what, what's it like with the Blyer puns right now? I, like, where are we at? We've had a bit more canon material coming into the Star Wars universe recently. Yeah. You know, is it going a little drier or have you got a new lease of life? Come episode 80, I was getting a bit worried. We're at episode 86 now, and I've got a, a more optimistic because yeah, we'll uh, get to 100 pounds. I think we're going to do it. More cannons coming, like you say, um, for for my Patreon show. I'm, I've been looking at some cannons, so it's introduced me to other characters or locations or such as such. So I'm, I'm looking, I think we're looking good. I've got a cup of tea today. I'm really sorry, guys. I haven't got my blue moon. I happen on Saturday, though. Uh, nice chilled out weekend. Uh, Saints drew three all. Loving that. I want to know how you're doing, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I like it, mate. Do you know what? I'm um, I'm being a bit lame as well. I've just got the water tonight. It's okay. But it's, it's been a nice little weekend, like you said. You know, cracked open a few cold ones. Um, had mm. some good grub, which was amazing. And it, mate, it's just, it's just. It's just filth, mate. It is just filth. Like we said, we are entering the hype mode we are on the sessions spice train and the spice train is going straight to mando town nine days nine days till So good. So good. Oh, mate. That's a countdown. It's real. Next week, next week, it will be Mando Town. Full on week. Mando week in the Mando Town in the Mando Nation. And we're just. We're we're all going to be just dribbled in Mando. <laughs> a cheeky Mando's for the lads all over us. It's going to be. Like, we've been waiting a year for this, and it's. Let's face it; it's not. It hasn't been the best of year for the globe. So, for us Star Wars fans, these next nine days is going to be the, the the countdown is on now to Mando season two, and I can I cannot wait, mate. And we know that. And this time next week we'll be on cloud nine. But until then, we've got cloud nine days. Oh, you naughty boy. How how good does it feel to be like receiving Mandalorian season two at the same time as America? Like legally all above board. As the world that. as like, well. Well, we did it legally last year. We just had a lot of flights. But yeah, around the world, we're getting, I believe, so as far as I'm aware, all the major territories or every territory is getting it at the same time. So 
you know, if you are spoiler averse, then you've only got to go on a blackout for a couple of hours or however long your shift is at work or whatever. Go home, watch it straight away or watch it before work. Watch it on your lunch break. Uh, everyone gets it at the same time. It's so exciting. Oh, mate, I, I, I love this time. I, I'm, I'm really feeling excited. Like even um, our boy, who was it? Was it Matthew, I think? I don't know. One of our listeners, I forget, he posted a picture on our Discord server of a double-decker bus in Manchester today that oh, was yeah. all tripped out in Mandalorian Season 2 um filth yeah darth six killer um he posted adrian, on our discord boy. adrian that's it it looked incredible it looks absolutely brilliant mate i i'm i'm really excited and i think there's a lot of people out there that's just really excited for this because like you said this is the light there's a just a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel of this um filth ridden year <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've, we've, we've got like little baby looking at us like yes come this way waiting <laughs> And the Mancalorian Adrian has saved us with that little bit of news up there. Mancalorian. Yes, uh, it. <laughs> for those who don't know where a mank is slang for someone from Manchester or, yeah. or that neck of the woods. So, uh, yeah. um, mate, I can't wait though for Mando. I know the listeners can't wait. But before then, I'm I can hear the I can hear the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi. So, oh. what does that mean? Oh, oh, me too, mate. I think that means it's the Galactic News Round. <laughs> Following a fan vote on StarWars.com, Cal Kestis' lightsaber will be the newest addition to Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities at Galaxy's Edge, alongside Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku's hilts. Canadian engineer and YouTuber James Hobson has built a real-life lightsaber that heats up to 4,000 degrees Celsius and cuts through pretty much anything. Ochi of Bestoon is returning in issue number six of Marvel Star Wars Darth Vader comic. It's been revealed that Luke Skywalker was also going to become one with the Force in George Lucas's vision of episode eight. Scottish newspaper The Daily Record is reporting that Star Wars will shoot in the Scottish Highlands for three days in December for Taika Waititi's upcoming film. Hello, this is Ahmed Best. I am Jar Jar Binks in the prequels of Star Wars. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, which is probably the UK's best Star Wars program. The first showing of Return of the Jedi at Highland Mall was at 11 this morning, but the line you see winding around three sides of the theater started forming at 10 for the 140 show. That's how the movie is being received here in Austin on this premiere day. The Return of the Jedi is the third flick of a nine-part series. Its predecessors have broken attendance records and have been highly lucrative for creator George Lucas. The first Star Wars grossed over $300 million, second only to E.T. But the real critics of any film are the moviegoers who pay the cash to get in. It was great. People were just cheering and screaming and yelling and clapping. To answer a lot of questions, but not all of them, there's enough to keep you wanting more. I'm a new woman. <laughs> it's the truth. Good prevails. We will all conquer. It's very good. 
No, it, it was definitely the greatest science fiction movie ever made. I mean, I was right in there. I mean, Lucas, total genius all the way. The sound, the visual. I, it was a total experience. I mean, it's sort of like Star Wars. You want to go see it over and over again. You're going to be back for more? Mm, for sure, as soon as I get back from London. The Force is with more than just the characters in this latest edition of Star Wars. It will be also felt in your wallets, where tickets are going for $4.50 to $5. But then no one seems to mind anyway. Lorraine Woodward, Channel 7 News. Channel 7 News, 1983, reporting as Return of the Jedi, Episode 6, had just been released across the world. Uh, and as you've just heard, everybody who came out from there absolutely dug it. You know, the best sci-fi film of all time. I'm going to go and see it many, many times, they were saying. Uh, so back in 83, people were digging Return of the Jedi. Fast forward to 2020 and this, uh, subsequent years before so, Return of the Jedi is widely seen now as the weakest film in the original trilogy. And a lot of fans seem to put it low, lower down in their ranking and, you know, it doesn't seem to be as beloved as the older films and even some of the new films. So we thought... This week, Blyla, didn't we, that we'd kind of have a little dive into, you know, is it actually the weakest film of the OT? Uh, do you know what I thought was just funny? Uh, the kid in that audio that goes, uh, he, he, he does a little flex. He's like, yeah, when I'm back from London. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least peasants can stay here. Yeah. I'm going to London. Yeah. When I'm back in the UK. Oh, man. They, of course, they don't have cinemas out there. They're just, you know, we only have tea and scones. and uh, That's it. <laughs> Bad tea. And teeth. wolves. <laughs> wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and, and detectives like Sherlock. I'm yeah, going off on Sherlock. one now. But, oh, Sherlock, naughty boy. Um, no, Return of the Jedi, man. Like, this is a funny thing. And I think, you know, I think the perspective of uh, Return of the Jedi actually changes from kind of like group to group. Um, I know Jedi in uh, the, the the lads that I grew up with, Jedi is seen as like really, really high. I, I you know when we were planning this episode, mate, I couldn't help but think of one of my old friends um, who who always insists, you know, Return of the Jedi is his favourite because for him it captures everything about Star Wars at its best, and it's just a very good closing chapter. You know, you feel like, oh, that was an adventure, and you close the book. And once the book's closed, you're like, oh, breathe. That was amazing. Loved that. Enjoyed that. Um, however, there's a lot of criticism of the film, and actually, oh, well, I say a lot, it's loosely, we're not talking Rise of Skywalker here, people, or Phantom <laughs> Menace. Um, oh, well, uh, and a lot of the other films as, as, <laughs> most, uh, most as it fair. goes. <laughs> Yeah, but um, Jedi still holds a special place in so many people's hearts. Um, and it's it's crazy that this film, though, despite that, and despite the fact it was in the original trilogy, and it was created by George Lucas, written by George Lucas, um, it feels like, retrospectively, it's like you can almost see the cracks of the saga in it. Mm -hmm. And you can see a lot of complaints that are in other films. Jedi almost like kind of laid the foundation of that. And it's only now with us going back in on this episode, you know, that I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I can kind of see that. It doesn't change my opinion on it because I still love it. 
Um, but I think there are some some valid arguments. Uh, one thing that I can't stand in in the Force Awakens, but you know, started started in Return of the Jedi was let's build another super weapon. Yeah, man. Literally the exact same one to like except it's bigger mm-hmm. it's like i it just seems like really you could have just done something completely different now as a kid i don't think of that i was like oh yeah makes sense you know it's like well i've lost a tank let's build a bigger more buff tank with thicker armor um you know <laughs> so you're gonna just do it aren't you i kind of get it i do kind of get it but maybe from a storytelling perspective is that the best way to tell the story possibly you know i didn't i didn't invent star wars i didn't write it it's easy for me to say that what are your thoughts on this mate boy i'm, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this especially because you are so heavily involved in critiquing of films and reviewing films um i like the film as i've as when we did our ranking show a couple months ago i think return of the jedi was mid-tier for me certainly wasn't near the bottom um i like return of the jedi i i was talking to someone the other day and for the life of me i can't remember who it was so if you're listening apologies if it was you but i was really in the mood to watch return of the jedi and i have been for a few Mm. weeks now i don't don't ask me why i've just really like sort of had like a proper urge to watch jedi so when this show came around i was like sweet I get to do it for the sessions, and I also get to like scratch the itch. Sorry, um, mm. sorry. It's a good film. It's a fun film. What you're saying about the the super weapon is completely valid, uh, and also uh, the like the, the original story that Han Solo was going to die in it. That Larry Kasdan was pushing for this, uh, and Richard Marquand was as well. But George Lucas was said, "Nope, no way. We're gonna we're gonna do that." And Harrison Ford came out like couple of years ago basically said George didn't think there was any future in dead Han toys so by George Lucas pulling back and saying actually let's take the emotional weight out of the story so we can sell toys it meant that toys and merch suddenly took precedence over story same as the Ewoks were originally meant to be a bunch of slimy lizards I don't know how they would have looked but they would George deemed them they weren't as commercially viable they wouldn't look as good on the merch as Ewoks, Ewoks are cuddly. You can take them to bed. My brother had a, a Wicket toy, which I think he took. He still takes to bed now, I think, and he's old. Oh, what a lad! Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so there's that basically. But that is very much a hindsight look now. That, that's what we know now. Looking back now, Return of the Jedi sowed the seeds for a lot of the issues that people have with Star Wars. That maybe they're not. Maybe they don't go to the places they could do for fear of alienating um certain core groups um but then certain films come out and they do go places and alienate other core groups so but from 1983 perspective though mate one two three four sorry four five and six those films return of the jedi whatever we think about it ties up everything very nicely so if you just look at it in that sense return of the jedi you get to we start off with um luke um luke leia rolando chewie and the gang going to save Han. So it continues from Empire. And it's them basically trying to take down the Empire. We have the we have the big duels at the end between Luke and Vader, finally, and the Emperor. We have the uh, we have Han and Leia and Lando and everyone else doing their bit. So it ties everything up perfectly. The ending is great. You didn't need an episode 7, 8, and 9. 
after to come so soon after Jedi because it was so well tied up. So from that side of it, it's great. It really, I can see why people would come out and be like, this is great. This is a really good end to this trilogy. But as we've just heard as well, this was always planned to be a nine film trilogy. So Return of the Jedi feels like it could actually be the ninth film in a saga, the nine film trilogy, nine film saga. Return of the Jedi could be the final film in a nine film saga. As it turns out, it wasn't, which then kind of negates some of the impact of episode six because of what the sequel trilogy did. And that's not a knock on the sequel trilogy, but the, the way, the way they took the story to some people has tainted return of the Jedi somewhat, but at the same time, when you hold up Jedi to empire, it doesn't hold up as well because empire went philosophical. It went deeper into mythology law. There was still action, but it's very much character based. Whereas Jedi went more towards what a new hope did just kind of went for the swashbuckling fun aspect which is fine because that's what we love about star wars me and blilo we love it but following on from empire there's a definite shift mate isn't there um yeah because really you go from like you said philosophical and yoda and a quite serious film Mm -hmm. to um you know, teddy bears doing their thing, <laughs> taking down the empire. You oh, know, it's, um, are you are you trying to tell me there's things in the original trilogy that's not perfect, Matt? No, if anyone's listening, don't come at me. No, there is. But I mean, there's an awful lot. Even in Empire, there's stuff you can look at and think, you know what? Yeah, that is not great. This this story oh, yeah. in general, everything has. But um, and we know that the OT is held up in regard. And this is also why doing a show like this is interesting because we're not just coming with, you know, our thoughts. We're coming, you know, we're coming with loaded pistols here. But it's interesting because, you know, you, you don't really see people pick at the OT or or, or kind of come out. It's like, is this actually a weak film? So I think that, that's yeah. what I found interesting about doing this. Return of the Jedi isn't a weak film per se, but when you hold it up against the others in the OT... Yeah, I think you're right. It, you know, when we first met Matty Boy... Not long after we were speaking on our forum <laughs> and we found out we were we were working only a few metres away from it's each other. Real, wasn't it? And we met up for coffees and stuff and we'd just talk about Star Wars. We'd be on our lunch breaks and we're like, right, we've got 40 minutes it's to cover so The Last Jedi and Rebels. And there's me out of breath <laughs> to walk 40, 40 yards down the road. What about Kanan? What's yeah. going to happen with Kanan? Where's, where's Ezra? Has he actually gone to the unknown regions like everyone says? <laughs> Oh, the filth that would come out of our uh, What's our little mouths! Jedi, what did but, you think of the trailer? <laughs> you know what? When we filth. were when we were talking uh, then, you know, I would always say, and I do still say this to people. So we did a episode um, a couple of weeks ago about our uh, ranking the Star Wars films, yep. and we included Rise of Skywalker in there. It was a great, it was a great show, really, really fun show. It was. Um, and it, we did that like kind of mathematically and statistically, like mm-hmm. we really applied and graded everything, you know, um, in the films. Whereas actually how I feel on a lot of days, and I said this to Matt when when I met him, I was like, my brain tells me Empire is the, my favorite Star Wars film. But a lot of the time, my heart says Return of the Jedi. Yeah, And that's still true. That's kind of changed mm-hmm. in the last year or so. 
Um, but that's still kind of true. There are a lot of days I wake up and I know it's a Jedi day. I'm like, yes, I exactly. love, I love the Ewoks. And do you know what? Growing up, right to me, Returning a Jedi felt like the most Star Warsy Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and- absolutely. Like I remember watching that one the most on VHS around my nan and granddad's house. Yeah. I remember going to Jabba's Palace. I remember 3PO in the desert going to Jabba's Palace. Same. I remember the Return of the Jedi Game Boy game that my brother and I had on Game Boy. Well, my brother had. I would play it as well, though. Mm-hmm. It's a hand-me-down. You know how it goes. Games. All about that. So um, Jedi Rocks as a kid didn't seem quite so bad. It doesn't at all, mate. It just seemed like you just go along with it. And I don't know, even like we had a really, really buff, like ripped Luke Skywalker action figure. It's the Power of the Force line, I think. That's those big ones. I think that's what it's called. Um, and it's like the real beefcake Luke Skywalker. Like we Sorry, still ben have Solo's that. Look. That's that we, we actually have that figure still. And like, once again, he has the green lightsaber. Like I associate all of this imagery and all of this return of the Jedi drip, all of this mm-hmm. return of the Jedi sauce. spice and goodness and sauce. Yeah. You know, to me, in a lot of ways, that is Star Wars at its core. And especially because the heroes win. And I love this mm-hmm. theme. And I, I just felt like George Lucas executed this. Um, um, I feel like he, he, hang on, let me drink my water. Oh, yeah, get yeah. the tea. Yeah. Bottoms Whoa, up. Oh, crazy. Crazy times, man. Yeah, radical. We ain't got so the beerios this week. We're being sad. Yeah, um, so we'll save that for next week. Yeah, we will. We will. Well, it's Mando week, isn't it, next week? So it's the, um, this is the way. Um, but <laughs> uh, so- I, no, I just think when when you're watching Jedi, I don't know, it just feels warm. It feels it feels like I'm inside a womper. <laughs> <keeping> me, <laughs> and I thought they smelled bad really on the outside. Warm. Yeah. Yeah, but what what do you think, Matt? You know, is it is it really as bad as what people say, or is it really as good as what people say? Well, I'm I'm the same for you because I remember at home we had the VHS in that kind of a gold and black um, display box with like THX sound all over it because they're really proud of the THX sound. But and Jedi was the one I always remember being on, whether my brother had it on or whatever. But Jedi man, especially that Jedi rock scene. And that song is a bop when you have when you don't when you're not watching the film. <laughs> the Jedi Rocks is fine as a song. I just can't stick the visuals. But that's obviously the special edition. Though the people at the beginning haven't seen the special edition. But Jedi isn't as a bad film. Return of the Jedi isn't a bad film whatsoever. Is it as good as Empire? No, it's not. But the question is though: Is it better than A New Hope? Because I think that Return of the Jedi it it powers on. It moves at a brisker pace in A New Hope from the start. And of course, A New Hope was a standalone at the time. Regardless of what George said about having 15 films lined up, if, if A New Hope fails, there, there, is no eight, there is no four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one, two, three. So A New Hope was a standalone film. It became a trilogy starter later. But if you compare them, Return of the Jedi, and, and, I, and, I, and I've got to prefix that as well, by saying Jedi is the end of a trilogy, so it's already got that story set up, but... We start Jedi straight away. Jabba's palace. And then we see we've got the droids, but then straight away, Skywalker turns up. You've got Lando, you've got Leia there. Every um, Han's getting rescued. 
it's quite brisk to start with. And a lot of people say the opening can be quite boring. But for the first 30, 30 odd minutes when they're escaping Jabba's palace, it moves quite quickly. So, and that's always the question I ask is, is it better than in A New Hope? Uh, and that would kind of then answer some of the question about yes. whether it's the weakest. Kylo <laughs> Ren says yes. But I mean, there's, there's again, there's, there's other reasons for, for and against it. But I wanted to also come at this from a <laughs> critic point of view, not necessarily from me, but from other critics or just like a using a aggregate system. So we've mentioned Jedi is regarded by a lot of fans and critics as the weakest in the OT. I'm coming from a side now. Rotten Tomatoes has this at 82%, still a very good score. A New Hope is 92 and The Empire Strikes Back 94%. Metacritic, which is the creme de la creme of critics, and you know, only the best critics' um, views are taken into account for this. They have Jedi at 58, which frankly is not good at all. That indicates mixed or average reviews, whereas A New Hope has 90 and The Empire Strikes Back is 82, which generally means uh, universal acclaim and positivity. An IMDb user rating, which you could take as a, with a pinch of salt, but Jedi is 8.3, but A New Hope 8.6 and Empire 8.7 out of 10. So on the major aggregates, Jedi is bottom, not always by an awful lot, Metacritic by a lot. The critics trounced this film back in the day compar- in comparison to the others, but it's coming up short in a lot of uh, these areas. Now, does that cap- does that everybody's point of view? No, but it's a big old, it's a wide scope of people of different um, uh, fandom uh, priorities, different critique methods, different backgrounds, different ages, blah, blah. So Jedi does come out at the bottom an awful lot. And I guess the question is, is like, why? And we've mentioned a few things, but... Why, even even back in 83, when a lot of these reviews are taken into account, especially Metacritic, even then it was seen as the weakest entry. Do you think it's because of the Ewoks, mate? Do you think it was because they recycled ideas? Because um, Richard Marquand is the director, and he said, mm, he said mm-hmm. you know, this was like directing King Lear with Shakespeare in the room. Basically, Lucas was there micromanaging the whole thing. So why, do, why is this yeah. you know, coming out? Why are critics saying this is the weakest and fans generally saying it's the weakest? I know we've mentioned a few, but what do you reckon? I, I think, like you've already mentioned, like the directorship um, is is a bit of an issue. Um, they because originally um, Lucas wanted like Steven Spielberg to direct this. Didn't he wanted he? Spielberg, David Lynch, and David Cronenberg, two kind of like psychedelic uh, slash body horror, like really out yeah. far out directors, which <laughs> would not have worked. I don't think would have been cool, but it wouldn't have worked. I think Spielberg would have worked really Spielberg well. Spielberg would have been I fun. think Spielberg. Yeah. And I think watched. so he he couldn't do it though because um of the actors guild or the 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 directors guild. Um, directors guild. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like cuz George didn't put the credits at the beginning of Star Wars, he was kicked out. There was beef. Spielberg was still in the guild despite being really good friends of Lucas, so he couldn't. He was in an awkward situation. And they're like, who's this Richard guy? He's directed some British TV. <laughs> And, I, and George was like, yeah, better, good enough, that'll, that'll do. And it's like you could tell <laughs> because he he copies a, so many scenes, like Richard Marcon copies so many scenes, like like for like from Empire Strikes Back. He copies Irving Kirshner's like drip, mm-hmm. his filth, his spice. Um, and 
even like the Vader one is like the exact same, except Vader's helmet in Return of the Jedi is like grubby and has smudge marks on it. And in Empire, it's like super shiny mm. and polished. Um, so there's, there's, it's very small things like that, that subconsciously you think, oh, do you know what? This isn't as, this isn't as well done. The quality isn't there with Empire. I think there are small things like that in, in the film. I feel like, other bits of the film you know it's very familiar like going back to Tatooine Mm -hmm. um you know another Death Star things we're all very very familiar with um and you know you can look at that as a pro or a con um but you know I think that hurt it a, a, a smidge um and I think really you know what else what else hurts it I don't know I it's 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 a hard one because George Lucas never set out to make this the most complicated film series in the world. Mm. It was a fairy tale and it was there to deliver hope. It was there to make people feel happy and to believe in good versus bad and to believe that good prevails, right? And that's what this film does. You know, it's not there to be the best one. It's not there for you to sit down and think about your morals and to think, oh, actually, you know that's already been and gone that's empire strikes back and finding yourself that's a new hope you know this is the end and it's fluffy and it's happy there's a lot of things that are that are worldly that play into it like the ewoks up with the merchandise and you can kind of tell um but i i you know i don't want that to have a net just a purely negative connotation because george I think particularly with Jedi, he thought a lot of the children. He thought, you know, I really want kids to really play with toys like this. Mm-hmm. I really want them to imagine them them part of this. And, you know, I, I feel like with, with Han, Leia, Luke, and Lando even, I mean, even with the droids, it feels like a fun adventure from the start. You've got like a little heist. You know, it's great. It's great. It's good fun. And it feels very innocent. Um, But maybe the complexities just aren't there like what its predecessor had. Um, And I think there's a few other, possibly some other reasons to, to, that contribute to that as well. Uh, Is there anything other like major that you can think of, mate? Um, From a, from a film perspective, it's, in terms of its like tone, the way it comes across, it is very different to the other two. If you mm-hmm. the Jabba's palace bit at the beginning, all all amounts to them rescuing Han, but then you've got obviously the sail barge bit, which let's face it, doesn't really add anything to the story. It doesn't really impact the story, and people are going to wonder what I mean by that. But because then from then on, they just go to Endor, and it's okay, right? They're back. They're just back to yeah. They're back on the on, on form again. They're back, the gang's back together. Let's just quickly move on. When we get onto Endor, then you've got the Ewoks, and they're kind of taking people down, and everyone's having a good laugh. And then it cuts straight to, and it will cut to what's going on on the throne room, and suddenly the tone changes, and then it cuts to the space battle, and the tone changes again. There's different. There's tones fighting for supremacy and that can be an issue sometimes tonally so it is like you've got the first half of the film which is basically just rescuing Han and then the second one which is just Luke v Vader so there is conflicting tones going on a lot and then 
that also set up things like the Phantom Menace because in the end of Jedi, you've got three endings. At the end of Phantom Menace, you've got four. You've got um, Padme, what she's getting up to. You've got Anakin in the sky. You've got Jewel of the Fates. You've got the Gungans going off on their battle. So there's, four, again, four different things with different tones and they don't always mesh together. And whilst, the th- and whilst the, let's not lie, the end of Jurassic Park, the end of Return of the Jedi is quality. I'm not, I'm not going to hear anyone say that. The throne room fight is outrageously good. Uh, with everything going on, just that, take away the... I mean, the space battle is wicked. It's not as good as Rogue One. And take out the what's happening oh. on the ground, so I said it, and just give me what's happening in the throne room, and it's just pure power, pure emotion, yes. pure gravitas and weight. Yeah. It gets undercut somewhat by then seeing a couple of Ewoks taking down stormtroopers by chucking rocks at them. It doesn't really work in that sense but so tonally it's a bit all over the place which is a bit of an issue you know i really feel like this film like starts off really really strong Mm -hmm. like the first the first like 40 minutes maybe to an hour at a stretch mate they zoom by if you're just chilling out and you've got like some time spare put on return of the jedi on disney plus honestly and and watch the beginning it zips right yeah. by um the pacing is real good no not at all but it's it's like you said i think by the kind of like second half particularly the last third of the film there's a lot going on and like you've said the tones of all of what is going on all seems like real different um but again you know i'm thinking of that more so now we're doing this show and we're analyzing it a lot more because as a child i didn't think that i thought oh wow there's just a, a lot of things going on and even as a kid I still used to think, man, this feels just a little bit, this feels like it's better made in terms of storytelling than, say, The Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. Maybe I couldn't quite articulate that, yeah, but I still, I knew it. I could feel it. I could sense it. I was like, oh, yeah, this glues better, despite the fact it's not perfect, despite the fact, you know, not everything is, you know, put in place as solid as it could be. Right, um, but there, there's there's a lot of incredible things about this film too. I think the acting's brilliant in it. I think Mark Hamill is fantastic in it. I think there's there's a lot of banter too. It's it's a funny film. It's it's light in a lot of places. Han and Leia in this film are, are they're lovely. I really like it. I really enjoy it. And the Ewoks, man, I've got a soft spot for the Ewoks. But I, you know, I wonder what it would have been like if you were, you know, if you were a, a, say, a young, you know, person who watched the original 77 Star Wars, you then watch Empire Strikes Back in 1980 mm-hmm. and you're, you're an adult, and then, you know, suddenly teddy bears in space, yep. like, bringing down the Empire. It's, you it's know, strange. would that thing. be a little jarring? Yeah. Or is that just brave? Is that actually more looking into the future and saying, okay, well, some people might take umbrage with this right now, but actually long, long term, these guys are going to be iconic and they're going to show that even if you are a small little vulnerable teddy bear, when you work together, you can, you can make the change. You can be the good that prevails over evil. You can help, you know, there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of uh, ways to look at it. But once again, mate, you know, hey, it, lists, it comes down to that magic E word. Execution. <laughs> yeah. Have that H2O. Mm. Mm. I think you're right, mate. There's, yeah. I think Harrison Ford, I mean, Han Solo, like everybody says, Han Solo is um, slightly less Hani in this film because Harrison Ford, he wasn't, his heart wasn't as in it as it had been. He was more focused on other things at the time. And we all know he apparently wanted Han to die and he got his wish eventually, but you know, he isn't phoning it in as much as, well, Bruce Willis does in any film post Die Hard, but, um, oh, Sixth Sense, but he's, um, you can tell that he's not quite, you know, he's not, he's, he's Han, but he's not Han Han. But then you've got, um, I also wanted to touch upon as well, talking about like different story threads going on at once at the end of, uh, Phantom Menace, End of Jedi. I'll go back to Rogue One. They had varying stories going on, but they kept the tone the same. You've got the ground battle, the space battle, and the espionage. The tone is the same. So, so you are not jerked off different places and like, well, this is this feels like a different film. No, it all feels very very similar. So, but then you've also got the classic slave Leia outfit. So you've got Princess Leia was um, the fiery princess in the first film. She's the leader in the second film. And then in the third film, she's a teenage boy's dream uh, for George and whatever. There's, and now, of course, Disney are doing whatever they can to eradicate all traces of that from the from the knowledge. But how, I mean, how does that play into Which the is story crazy. as well? Like, uh, mate, but, but oh, yeah, that it's is a different time. It is a bit, it's a different time. It's, it's, a different, it's a different time. But also Leia in this is still very capable. Like, she's the one who, the like, kills Jabba. She kills Jabba. She's the one who like cannon uses the cannon right. on the um, barge. She's the first one on Endor to jump on a bike, and Luke's like running behind her, like no wait, Leia, and she's like right flipping <laughs> for it, mate. Fly, you know boys. she's she's still that like gutsy, gutsy like gutsy, gutsy, the great gutsy, gutsy. Um, <laughs> princess with a lot of chutzpah. Feels, you know, like, a bit, like, even like tonally though, it still feels different from how she was portrayed in. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that obviously this mm. is 83. It's a different time, but just the way she's portrayed, like it, it just feels different. Like again, it's that kind of tone and consistency compared to the other films. But um, like you say, it wasn't like she just sat there in the slave bikini and did nothing. She's the hut slayer. She still took on the head, the empire head on at Endor. So it's not like she didn't do anything. It's just, obviously that's another like defining part of Star Wars and pop culture, everybody knows oh, that. Yeah. And how many cosplayers have you seen in the how many did we see at Comic Con? Loads. It's just like a very well known thing. But again, it's it's raises a question of like the tone and consistency of the characterization. Yeah, I never really uh I never really thought about it that much. You know, it was once again, I think where you grow up with these films, you know, you're like, Yeah, <laughs> that's Leia. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, Pretty cool, yeah. huh? Okay, fair enough, you know. Um and it, mate, yeah, I, I I love the characters in this. I really love the characters in this. What you know, one other thing I will say is in this film, you know, Luke isn't a perfect hero. <laughs> um, no. It's actually it kind of implies, and you, we we're not too sure if this is you know consciously or not, but it implies Luke's actually struggling with the dark side a little bit oh, in yeah. this film, oh, yeah. right? Like he's literally dressed in black. Yeah. Um, but, you know, by the end of the film, 
he's really he he gives into the dark side and conflict. he nearly kills his father. He almost kills right? Pelps, isn't he? He's gonna he's gonna strike yeah. him down. Yeah, and what does he do? He he gets his lightsaber, he deignites it. <laughs> I think that's the expression, right? It is that now. Deignites yeah. it. Yeah, deignites it. Or uh, yeah. Anyway. Whatever that is, let us know. Tweet us what the word is. Because I can't I can't think of it right now. But anyway, and then he chucks it. He chucks it behind him, doesn't he? He chucks it That's to the it. side. What does he say? And he goes he goes, you know, no, this this he goes, no, this isn't me. This is not so good. <laughs> this is ungood. <laughs> yeah, this is not good. Yeah. Um and he saves his dad. He yeah. saves the one he loves. You know, he can still see the good in him. And uh, I think that's despite the fact that Luke in this in this story isn't perfect. I think that's the Luke Skywalker people love. And that's why people adore this character. And I don't even think, you know, they always completely understand that, that Luke is kind of like this flawed hero. But by the end, he always chooses the right side. He always chooses the right thing. And it's usually in an unconventional way because he's a naughty boy. You know, he doesn't always follow orders, but he has the right heart. He just has the right heart condition. And it's just, it's lovely when vader actually turns because of luke because of his mistakes and because he was unconventional you know vader was able to finally bring balance to the force Mm -hmm. um and i think that's that's lovely it really is lovely it fills my heart with warmth and and i mean that without trying to be cheesy the end of return of the jedi i think it's um it's lovely. It's happy. It's yeah, upbeat, and it's actually a story that a lot of people probably need. Yeah, and that's my. Uh, that's why I've taken umbrage with any, like any kind of canon, because I know I know your thoughts and the tears. But canon is canon. That's what we've been told. Everything counts. So when things change, the end of Return of the Jedi. You know, if something you know changes how I view something in A New Hope or Empire, okay, it's you know good as long as it's good. Um, but when things like, start to alter Return of the Jedi, that's when the film also takes on a new meaning for me. We've mentioned the rise of Skywalker and Palps and that, and you know, positive, negative, whatever you think. Obviously, how that plays out has a direct impact on this film, Return of the Jedi. Um, but also um, other stories or like Vader, you know, the redemption of Vader starting, you know, as and when it may have done in canon to a lot of people. It was that moment when Vader decided, no, you know, for the love of my son, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put an end to this. I'm going to come back to the light. And I like how they're actually kind of like teasing it earlier from his own sense. It's not anybody else necessarily turning him. Like it's not Ahsoka Tano, thank goodness, who's making him see the light. It's not uh, Leia. It's nobody else. It's it's him and how what he's how he's experienced with the Emperor is and seeing, you know, feeling, sensing. Like his son, basically, and then come the Jedi. It's obviously goes as it is, but a lot of people, and I'm one of them, who don't like the idea of the ending of Return of the Jedi being changed or retconned in a way where it loses meaning. Because whatever we think about the film, when you get to the end and the the Death Star's blown up, Vader's been redeemed, the Emperor's dead, they're on they're on Endor, Lando's doing his awkward clapping and wedges dancing with droids. It's lovely though, like I say, there's fireworks going off, everyone's happy. It's, it's it's like 
the journey has come to an end and that like, beautiful final shot of everyone together sitting down just happy beaming he's like that's perfect and it doesn't mean you can't do films after but i don't like i don't you know you don't want things to change that moment you don't want anything yeah. to come out of change that yeah. and rather you think about if you, even if you think the jedi is the worst film out of the saga you've got to still want to hold, hope they hold on to that ending and what it means but um yeah i uh i do but i do agree with you though there is that you do get that kind of warm feeling when you think of jedi because it is that nostalgic feel and we have to remember that those clips we heard were from the original it's not the it's not the kids like us watching it the special editions this is the kids watching it as it was you know meant to be seen back in 83 yeah yeah it's it's great and i think i think it does raise a point that yeah after this film you know things do happen you know bad things do happen but that's the point isn't it? It's very reflective of this universe. Just because you know um, someone won a war doesn't mean there's not going to be oh, more no. wars. Oh yeah, I don't. The you idea know, of because... Han and Leia having issues with each other, or Luke going off to his own thing, but obviously it's the big one in in the Rise of Skywalker, which really kind of changes Vader's redemption. Yes. What, you know, that returning character in Rise of Skywalker that is that has a massive knock on effect to this film. To which it doesn't, case, it doesn't it feel. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel quite as significant, does it? It kind of, I think it, it, you know, I think it actually, it can make sense in universe, but it does really change the Chosen One prophecy Mm -hmm. a little bit. But you could still argue, you know, without Anakin, there is like, there there is nothing but darkness. You know, Anakin is the seed of hope he bring without anakin there's no ray there's no luke there's there's no ben solo there's you know you 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 know leia there's so much you can argue um and you know the force kind of does work a little bit like that from what we know um but yeah it's 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 interesting and i think that's probably an episode in itself you know because it's hard to, it's hard to skim over it yeah, but right. from a return of the jedi point of view yeah um and talk, talking of changes to the endings are you are you all for the hayden christensen force ghost at the ending of jedi the change yeah man i just wish they'd used different footage of hayden christensen because that was um like that it was, was behind creepy, the scenes footage, isn't it? isn't it? And he just looks like he's just like leering at everyone, thinking, <laughs> "If only we were a youngling." Um, he's like, I'll, "Yeah, slaughter you." But I don't. I, I look. It works, and it is tough because obviously Sebastian Shaw was Anakin to a whole generation or multiple generations of kids growing up. That kind of happy old geezer at the end was Anakin, <laughs> but and then wrong. <laughs> yeah, then then get it out of it, and then what? Two thousand, and then like years later, Hayden's in. But for the story, it works having Hayden in, and I, I've got I've got no issue whatsoever um, because that that's when he was last Anakin Skywalker, and I know obviously he was Anakin at the end when he was like dying, but you can't really make you can't really have that there. So when Anakin was his true self, that was what he looked like. Whereas Obi Wan was Alec Guinness age when he was became one with the Force, and he was still on the light side. So that's why there's no Ewan McGregor. But I'm for that. What about you, mate? Yeah, I'm pro 
you know, Hayden. I'm all in Camp Hayden. Because, like you said, that seems like that was Anakin when he was last, like, properly himself. I always view it, you know, when like, Anakin and Obi-Wan separate in Revenge of the Seth, Sith and he's like, goodbye, old friend. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that was the last time Anakin was Anakin. In, in, yeah. That's the way I see it. It's like, that's him again. You know, that old crooked guy in, in Return of the Jedi just seems a little different. You know, um, it doesn't look like he could like, and, kill many people or like yeah, clone a planet. Look at it this way, right? Look at it this way. So when um, Ben Solo was healed by Ray, his scar went yeah. right. So, so Vader's not going to be back as this like bald guy who's you know burned by lava and stuff, is he? No, he's going to be back to normal. So if he's being restored, he might just well be restored to the to the time when he was truly himself. You know, in my head, it makes sense, and it's probably um, it it could even change from person to person to person. You know, um, so yeah, it, I I really love that ending. I really really love that ending. Um, so Matt, he he's kind of like the big question, the elephant in the room for you in the original trilogy. The original trilogy is seen as sacred to many 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 people. Is Return of the Jedi the weakest Star Wars film of the original trilogy for you? In short, no, it's not. I think it's. I think Empire trumps all. Ooh. Then I think Return of the Jedi, and then A New Hope, uh, and that's how I went in uh, in the ra- rankings as well, because like the pacing of Return of the Jedi is better for for me, and that's one of the the key, the key things I, I preferred about it. Uh, and also like it felt uh, it felt a little bit different to A New Hope because we inter- of what it introduced and where the characters ended up. I don't know. It had it had a bit more chutzpah to it, and a bit more zing to it. It's still not perfect, and I believe in my ranking, it was literally one point ahead of A New Hope. But on that basis, mate, no, it's for me, it's not the weakest, but only by a paper paper's width. But what about you, mate? So, yeah, I actually, do you know what? I'm surprised by your reaction. I really like it. Um, but for me, the exact same. Um, I think the pacing is better. I think the the technology is better. Like shout out to the puppeteers, like oh, Jim dude. Henson's workshop, and all 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 of the 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 craftsmanship that went into Jedi was like so apparent. It was just it's gorgeous when when you're watching it and you think, man, that's from 1983, it, and it looks it looks incredible. It More looks brilliant as well. And like I said, it just it just warms my heart. You know, that film really warms my heart. I'm I'm very nostalgic for it. You know, pen on paper, is this the best Star Wars film? Yeah, no. You know, statistically, is this the best in the original trilogy? Probably not. But on some days, mate, you know, I'm I'm a lot more happy to watch A Return of the Jedi because it fills me with hope, because it fills me with warmth, because it fills me with fluff. And I want that. And especially in times like now, times like today, you know, like this mm. year, stories and mythologies that talk of hope and talk of happy endings and talk of like the the small people like having having a chance having a hope it's gorgeous and i love it and i'm here for it and it's filth d wanna wonga yeah. <laughs> biggest surprise was to see all of them together at the end playing pinochle and having a great time i wish that was there and i'm gonna try to get a part of the next movie myself this has left me practically utterly speechless actually you know but it was the best one ever the big surprise was seeing dark vader unveil himself 
to his son. It was very exciting. The biggest surprise? Well, I don't want to give it away to anybody. Do you think it was worth coming to this late at night? Yeah. yeah. Good over to you, always. The movie well, was perfect. It was exactly the way it had to be. It was a fantastic movie, but it was good. It was really, really good. Hi, this is Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Ooh. Well, now we've got that off our chests and probably made a lot of people happy and a few other people scratch their heads. Calls for a couple of Kef beers, a couple of cold ones, and it just so happens to be we're in the vicinity of the Bantina. Shall we dump in, mate? Oh, you filthy, filthy and tasty man. Let's go into the Bantina. <laughs> it turns out we do want a Wonga. Uh, so as yes, we do. we do. We do want a Wonga. If you're new to the show, if so, welcome. We hope you enjoyed that and come want a Wonga with us. Uh, each week in the Bantina here, we sit down with you guys. We have a couple of cold Kef beers uh, and we want to hear what you thought. The greatest listeners in the galaxy about our main discussion. So... What did you think, guys? Yes, absolutely. So we got some awesome little poll results for your ears on social media. We put you guys a question to end all questions. And it was whether Return of the Jedi was the weakest film in the original trilogy. And the polls were on Twitter... 42% said yes, it was. And 58% said no, it wasn't, which is interesting. And on Instagram, once again, 30% said it was, whereas 70% thought it wasn't. That, which is bizarre, you'd think that people would be defensive over, you know, the original A New Hope. <gasps> can't touch that, you know, Empire. it's holy. Oh, no, you can't and touch Empire, Empire at all. Right? And it's funny, the, the stats, it's like, well, what what one, what one, other one is it? You know, people love Return of the Jedi, man. It's it's the film people just, it makes them warm. It's like a pair of slippers. Yeah. Um, yes, it's all, it's all just so good. So good. <laughs> what a king. So, oh, what a king, what a king. So to kick us off with the comments, it's none other than the queen, KT120, who said, Return of the Jedi is my favourite of the original trilogy. Well said, KT. Samuel Allen said, no way is it weak. It concluded a trilogy where good triumph over evil and redemption is possible. Sticky Pop said, maybe in isolation, I can understand why some people would think this, but just like Revenge of the Sith perfectly rounded off the prequel trilogy, especially in terms of the emotion of the film, I think Return of the Jedi does the same with the original trilogy. Perhaps this is what Tross didn't quite manage. And Bouncy Ball Studio said, honestly, after rewatching, I almost want to agree. I still love it, but man, it gets messy. Mix of opinions there. Yes, sir. The wonderfully named The Dog Father said, yes, in my opinion, it's one of the weaker Star Wars films. Uh, Maps and Legends said, it hints at all the problems that were to come. Sanitising the heroes, especially Han Solo, retreading the Death Star plot over and over again, sidelining female characters, bloodline as plot device without any deeper meaning, 
The Ewoks are the scapegoats, in my opinion. The problem is the plot. And Commander Cody said, For me, Return of the Jedi is the strongest. This might be an unpopular opinion. The Empire Strikes Back is the weakest of the original trilogy. Ooh, hot take. Hot Cody's coming take. out hot there. I, I like that, Cody. Yeah, I man. really like that. Yeah, good for you, mate. Good for you. Say it loud and say it proud. Uh, Sith Slayer 246 said it was the best Star Wars movie of all time. Drew said it's the best of the three. I will die on that hill. Hashtag Yubnub for life. Yubnub. <laughs> Matty boy, we've said this on the show before. Just quickly. Yubnub or victory celebration? Victory celebration. <laughs> what about yeah, you? it's got to be mate victory celebration i love yubnub yubnub is bants but I, is I, i'm here for victory celebration i'm here for victory yeah, celebration uh mark walker said return of the, the return of the jedi was the first film i truly fell in love with yeah. and shore trooper st90019 said blasphemy thou shall not question the original trilogy for it is the Holy Trinity, and as such, perfect. Also, yeah, probably. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Very good. Very good. Nice one, guys. Thank you there for the uh, smorgasbord of opinion there and the varying opinions. We wanted. To, we always try to chuck in where possible varying and differing opinions, and it's nice to see some there. For some, Return of Jedi is the best of the lots, not just the OT. For some, Jedi is one of the worst of the lot, not just the OT. Others call Empire but the uh, the weakest. It's great. People dying on the hill of Yabnub. There's some great opinions there. So, guys, thank you and girls, thank you so much for sending those opinions in. If we couldn't get to yours this week, please do continue to send them in and we'll get them featured in the Bantina at some point in the future. But, yeah, thanks again. Yes, thank you so much, guys. The mix of opinions there was awesome. Uh, and this leads us beautifully into the next bit of the Budabut Bantina. And that is, of course, of course, the Patreon questions. And to uh, start us off, it's none other than our boy, George Constantinou, who says, OK, you get one choice. Option one the aftermath trilogy is made into a new trilogy of films or option two george lucas is coming back to direct one as yet untitled star wars film matty boy phenomenal question there from georgie boy what are you saying on that mate local boy huh um that is a great question now my he- my head my loaf my bonce says aftermath because it would be awesome on the big screen. You get the new characters, you get the returning characters, you get Wedge, Mothma, Han, Chewie, uh, and the like. Plus you get to see the liberation of Kashyyyk. You get to see the Battle of Jakku on the big screen, which was boss enough just in Battlefront 2 when you played it. Let alone being able to watch it in with glorious ILM magic to it. Uh, we'd see the Acolytes of Beyond. We'd get to see a cool jungle world like Akiva. But that story's already out there. If you want it, just go and read the books. Or listen to the audiobooks, which I recommend because they're, they're, they're a great time, the audiobooks, for the Aftermath trilogy. But that, that story's been told. And I, by, you know, it doesn't mean they can't be adapted, but you know what I mean? if I want to see it or read it or hear about it, I'll just go and read the books or check out the audiobooks. So a new Lucas story, firstly, it's just that. It's a new story. Even if it wasn't Lucas, it's a new story. But Lucas, secondly, 
wouldn't it be grand for the old for the old timer to have one last hurrah? And it's fanciful, isn't it, mate? It's romantic, but it would be pretty sweet to say, right, you know, we're having another standalone film. Get you know, we're introducing our director at celebration, and big boy Lucas comes out in his flannel shirt and trainers, and I was like, this guy's going to be directing a standalone film. You know, here's his story. Of course, it is here's the canon, but he's going to make his picture. Imagine that. How good would that be? So I think, as much as I dig the Aftermath trilogy, especially 2 and 3, and everything they gave, the idea of a, a Lucas standalone, for me, that wins. But what about you, mate? It's a brilliant question. It's a really good question. I thought you would lean that way, to be honest, mate, because, again, your your understanding of the canon, you would naturally lean that way. See, I've not read the Aftermath trilogy. I know roughly about it because i watch videos on it i've matty boy updating me on a lot of the canon <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but counts. Do, do you know what i'll be honest i think i'm, I'm gonna go with option two too mm-hmm. um so yeah i think george lucas coming back to direct one um star wars film imagine this georgie boy starting the new era of star wars off with a new film you know oh, that oh, might be oh. really really beautiful um, it true. might be really contrarian and people might be like, oh, what, this guy, he's done it again. He's done like a divisive <laughs> film. <laughs> like, Midichlorians. Uh, oh, oh, no, yeah. It's going to be bugs. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, mate, I, I think um, I think I'll definitely go for option two, though, because think of what marvels George would be able to create, especially with the technology we have. The technology we have now and the way we're able to make these films, it's exactly what George pioneered. It's what George envisioned. Without George, there wouldn't be the filmmaking that we have today. Um, But it wasn't... I feel like the technology wasn't where... George would have really, really loved it to have been for the prequels or the originals. We know that. Um, but I think he could make something really special with the tech that's available nowadays. I, I bet he's fascinated by it. You know, the I bet volume. he's just like loving the it. Volume. I was thinking exactly that, mate. Like I was thinking, screen. I bet he's all over that. But he loves that. He's all over it. He's like, wow, look at this. Um, yeah, screen. brilliant question, though, mate. I, I'm, de- I'm definitely thinking option two, though. Love it, Georgie boy. Thanks, mate. Uh, George always comes out with pure fire. He's like the flame trooper at the end of Mandalorian. He's just burning people down with his questions. Um, George, listeners, everyone, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the Aftermath trilogy made into a new trilogy of films? Or do you want, or do you want Lucas to come back for one final fling for a one film? Uh, let us know what you think. And, um, well, let's get on to our next question but by somebody who always brings the heat with his questions. It's, uh, it's Rocky Balboa himself. It's Alex Jessup. He says, uh, you have your very own rancor. What qualities would you be looking for when hiring a keeper for it? So we had Malikali in Return of the Jedi. You know, he loved his rancor. When that thing died, he was very upset. So Luke, you know, you've got a rancor now, but you haven't got the time. You know, you've got the time. You're out there, you know, blowing it up. Someone's got to look after this thing. What kind of qualities I, are you I... looking for, man? I just love that it's Return of the Jedi themed. Yeah. You know, it all rhymes. It all yeah, rhymes. Um, we're doing this episode as well. It's crazy. This oh, is a classic, classic Jessup question. I love it. Um, right, Jessup, for you, mate, it needs to be someone who could have a proper good punch. Someone who could wallop someone. Um, 
Well, do you know what? Funny story, Matty boy. When I do sometimes, well, back in the day, when we'd go to Beehive, when, when <laughs> the pubs were normal, quote-unquote, we'd go Beehive pub in Basildon, a few of us, and they do karaoke on Saturday nights. Yep. And there's a geezer, there's a geezer in there who, I swear, he's been drinking at the Beehive pub in Baz since the 60s, yeah? And he comes in and he, he always tells me and my mate Jake, he always goes on about how he used to be a boxer, and he always goes, go on, put your hand up. Really, I forget. I always forget his name. Lovely guy, but I'm, I'm bad with names anyway. I just always call him mate. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? Come on, mate. Like He goes, no, come on, put your hand up. I'm like, right, yeah. And he, he starts punching it, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm like, thanks. Yeah, no, you're very hand. good, mate. And to be fair for it to him, like he, he's an older chap and he, he can handle himself, you know. So, um, yeah, so someone like that, really, someone who can be really take point. He can he can punch, but do you know what? I bet back at home when he's when he's in his house and he's got the heating on in the autumn and he's watching Netflix, I bet he's lovely. He puts on he gets the old Horlicks up or a little cheeky hot chocolate. Oh, I bet I bet oh, he's all cozy. You know, you want someone for the rancor to be cosy when you need to be cosy and you need someone who can down a pint but also can throw a punch. Like if the rancor's being naughty one day, oh, I'm being naughty, I get to do what I want because I'm a rancor. No, mate. For whack. You're going to get a punch in the face. Yeah? So don't... Jessup is your ideal man then for this. Well, the way I see it, is that the guy from the beehive will be the actual keeper for the rancor. And then Jessup can be training. And Jessup can actually have his little family like live next door. Mm-hmm, yeah, good. Like, good. In a, like in a mobile home or something, like a galactic mobile home. A homestead. And I could see Jessup like shooting romp, um, womp rats, you know, as well. Bullseye and those bad boys. And not, not even for any other reason other than just pure fun. You know, like pure sadistic fun. Doesn't even eat him. He's a womp rat. Bosh, gone, kicks him. Yes. 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 Oh, Classic Jess. Jessup's becoming a meme, isn't he? <laughs> I, uh, Matt, are you sure Jessup's even a real person? Like, <laughs> are you guys <laughs> winding me up? a figment of our imagination. <laughs> <laughs> like Matt and Matt and Sean are just <laughs> like, uh, they've got this like persona on the go. I'm going to arrive. It's just Sean like... Uh, Goatee in- man. <laughs> It's like Mrs. Yeah, Doubtfire. <laughs> Going back and forth <laughs> to the bathroom, just changing with a goatee on. <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm Alex. That's exactly oh, how hello. he talks. <laughs> hello, you're lovely. I'm going yeah, to go to the you, bathroom Matty and punch someone. Um, for me, well, pretty a lot, like we said, they've got to be caring. They've got to be resilient. They've got to be determined. They, you know, you've got to understand that every day you're near death because that rancor may like you, but at any point he could lash out. If you step on his toe, he's going to eat you. Remember what he did to that Gamorian? He picked him up and he bit his head off. That could be you if you play your cards wrong. Uh, you'd need to be a good cook because you've got to keep that beautiful beast satisfied. That beast is not just going to have a steak or two. He saw he, he ate that Gamorian guard and then he looked at Luke Skywalker and thought, you're coming into my gut as well. You're going down the gullet. So, not bull gullet, but a different type of gullet. So, you've got, you've got to be an all-round. Like you say, he's got to be able to, he's got to, be able to handle like a petulant child because I think the Rancor... I imagine would be a you know he you know he wouldn't be the easiest to tame. So you've got to have a caring side and a strong side. You've got to be able to cook. 
But like you say, you've also got to be able to fight back because if that thing comes out swinging, you've got to show who's boss. Like they say, if you fight a bear in the woods and if the bear tries to fight you, they then say you've got to stand up tall and like front up to it. I'm not entirely sure I'm confident in doing that, but you've got to be the same for the rancor. If it comes for you, mate, you've got to, you've got to swing. You've got to be able to, you've got to have the you've got to have the cojones to be able to pour a drink over its head if it gets out of out of hand. So oh, here, here, drink it. over the head. We're all here for that. All for that. So all caring, that. resilient, determined. You're gonna you've got to expect you may get a few cuts and bruises. You may die a few times, but you've got to be able to cook for that bad boy as well. So that's what I think. Beautiful, beautiful answers there. Thank you, mate. So again, one last time, guys, we want to hear your thoughts. You've got a rancor. You're the keeper. What kind of, you know, what kind of, are you looking for a keeper? You're putting the advert out there in the back of the local paper. What qualities are you looking for? Let us know. And guys, girls, everyone, thank you so much for giving us your time for the Bantina, for your comments, for your poll results, uh, for your Patreon questions. Keep them coming. But uh, bartender, mad soz about the mess, bruv. But we're having to leave you for this week. But we'll be back again this time next week for another cheeky round in the Bantina. Ladies and gentlemen. It's the Star Wars Sessions game. Hello, ladies. Hello, gentlemen. It's the game, as that um, smooth-talking voice has told you. It's a Star Wars Sessions game, and it's my turn to um, come up with a game this week and host it. So, Lukey boy, would you like to know what you're playing this week? Oh, mate, yes, please. Okay, right, so I'm just... If you look at the chat now, I'm just putting uh, something in. If you could just pick up your phone and call this number and ask if they think Return of the Jedi is the worst Star Wars film. <laughs> Matt, I can't do that. Yeah, I'm a good can. boy. It's nine nine nine. Of course, that's nine one one for you guys over there in the states and everywhere yeah. else in the world. Nine nine nine. Is it's an emergency? Yes, yes it? it is. We're on session. <laughs> don't we know which. Know. I don't know which is the worst original trilogy. Film. <laughs> um, what original trilogy? Lord of the Rings? No, of course no, not. Star Wars. Future. Get out. Of course, guys, don't. Don't uh, don't abuse the emergency service phone number. We jest. No, the real uh, game is Return of the Jedi theme, and it's pretty much how well do you know Return of the Jedi? I've got oh. eight questions from rewatching the film this afternoon. I picked out some questions, and you've got to tell me what the answer is, basically. So it's a Q&A. It's a quiz on Return of the Jedi. Oh, oh wow. That sounds absolute filth. Yes, mate. I'm well up for that. Right. Well up for that. Let's, Let's do it. Let's see yeah, how well I know Return. Okay, question one, hit the music. Question one, what was the name of the stolen shuttle the rebels used to get on to Endor? <laughs> Great. The good guys, Great. the gang. Oh, oh no, I wish I watched The Return of the Jedi today. Um, oh man, you know what? It's one of those ones where I feel like I've never known this off by heart. But if someone were to say it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the one. I'm pretty sure it begins with an I. It kind of rhymes with I. I, yes. The, it's... Shuttle ah, something. of course. Shuttle apple pie. <laughs> that's it, you've got it. 
the shuttle port bike. Do you know what? Oh yeah, yeah. I retract that. No, uh, do you know what, mate? I honestly can't think of what it would be. It it might be, um, double double I twelve. No, I I don't know what it is. I, I I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to fire a blank on this one, mate. We're going to seed for that one then. So the name of the shuttle, my friend, was Tiderium. That's it. That's shuttle the one. Tiderium. I knew Tiderium. Yeah, I knew that. Like casual and all that. How come? How come a brain knows when it's right, and yet, as soon as you hear it, you can picture the scene and hear Han saying it. This is Shuttle Tiderium requesting whatever from the yes. shield. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. Um, next one then. What was the name of the Twi'lek slave girl that's eaten by the Rancor? Oh my days! <sighs> again, again, it's in my mind's eye. Twi'lek healing. It's like she could use. <laughs> it's like. It's like. I, I don't know why I want to say badger. <laughs> <laughs> well, the final syllable isn't entirely wrong. I know that's not her name, but I in my Badger. head it's like Badger or like Raj. But I know it's not that. I know it's not that. <laughs> that's all I can Raja. think of. Yeah. Um I know this, Matt. They do this get is potentially easier. Maybe. Let's see. I love the way you've said that on the <laughs> one. I'm clearly struggling here. I'm going to go with, you know, go hard or go home, you know? So I'm going to go with Electric Badger. <laughs> Not Raj? No, that's maybe that's her middle name. That's it. Well, unfortunately, it isn't Electric Badger and her middle name, as far as I'm aware, isn't Raj. Her name was Ula. Yeah, I knew that. Ula. Ula. So you said badger. <laughs> Ula. Similar. Why can't I remember this? All right. Okay. Come okay, on. This is right. embarrassing. Let's Number three. Go. You, mate, you I think you're going to get this one. No pressure. Right. At the end of the special edition version of Return of the Jedi, what planets are seen celebrating the victory? Oh, okay. So um, Endor, Endor yep. Coruscant, Naboo... Um, Cloud City. Um, Cloud City or Bespin. That's it. Um, there's one more, is there? So mm. I've got Endor, Endor, Coruscant, Naboo, Bespin. Um, do, 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 It's not Tatooine. Yeah, it is Tatooine, isn't it? Are you locking that in? It's, I think it's Tatooine. Is it over? Yes, it's Tatooine because they go over Moss Esper. Yeah, Tatooine. Yes, you are spot yes. on, my friend. So we are off the mark. One out of three, 33%. This is okay. the way. All right. This, okay. is, this is the way. Okay, number four then. What is the name of the area on Tatooine where the rebels are taken to be eaten by the Sarlacc? Where does the Sarlacc reside? Damn it. I know this one as well. I do know this, and I don't know this. It's like... C-3PO says it, so if you can picture 3PO saying it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I know he says it. 
But what is it's the, the Sarlacc it? pit? Huh? But what is the it that three PO says? Yeah, he says it's the. Um, I can't accept Sarlacc pit. Either. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my answer. That's the crazy thing. If they were like, where do they? Where did the Gangodes get eaten? I'm like, oh, Sarlacc pit. Yeah, well done, mate. That's Got it. that right. Bosh. But no, it's something crazy. It's like the eye of something something not a million miles uh, once again once i've heard it if this were multiple choice guys i'd be killing this I right now for next, but next alas alas it's not that's how um that's how my brain work it's not great um it's like the eye of Rivdraff or something <laughs> and <laughs> he's like oh and he it takes a thousand years to digest the body the oh. Eye of the oh. <laughs> yeah the um it's the um, Eye of Miftoon. Are you locking in Eye of Miftoon? I know it's not that. <laughs> I've made that up on the spot, mate. Well, but I'm gonna lock it in because I'm I'm not I'm not time wasting. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the next thing. It's wrong, isn't it? It's locked in. It is wrong. The name of the where the Sarlacc pit is located in the pit of Carcoon. Ah, uh, right. Be taken okay. to the pit of Carcoon where you'll be digested by the big. Uh, worm thing, Giza. So great though, the great pit of Carcoon if you want an extra point, but the pit of Carcoon. Okay. Oh so mate. One out of four, twenty five percent. We're still we're on the board. <laughs> we're on the board. Okay, right. This yeah, one so good. Have fun with this one. Talking about the All Sarlacc right. pit. How many people fall into the Sarlacc pit and get eaten? Oh, you're having a laugh. Right, I sat um, there and counted right, this. Okay. Right. Boba Fett Oop. does. I, I, Boba Fett does. Yep, there's one. So it's basically uh, how many other goons fall in. Yeah, there's one of those ugly looking chaps on the uh, boat, on the floaty boat, on the floaty boaty. Floaty um, one of them fall in. Someone from the barge falls in. I think it's three. You're it's go three to... or four. It's three or four, but I can only specifically remember three. I think. Imagine if it's two after all that. <laughs> I think it's three. You lock I'm going to lock in three. Oh. Yes, three. I can tell you now that the amount of people or things that, or species that fell into the Sarlacc pit gob was six. Oh, and actually got eaten as well. There was more than I thought because I actually had three down. Then I looked up and more were just like tumbling in. I was like, nope, four, five, six. So if you go back and watch it, six species, sentient beings fall into the Sarlacc we're- mouth. In Mandalorian Season 2, we're just going to have six people walking out of this Sarlacc well, I see if they, can survive, We did it by pay. working as a team. Yes, it, we yeah. did it as working by as a team. See? Return of the Jedi themes <laughs> coming back again. Yes! <laughs> if, you, if you work together, you can get out the Sarlacc pit. You can Sarlacc. get out the hole in the ground. But then it opens up the moral question. Is just Sarlacc was just eating. You know, he wasn't meaning them any harm. He's, you know, Sarlacc's got a Sarlacc. He's got to eat. I think my son is going to be called Sarlacc. Sarlacc Bly. <laughs> yes. Sarlacc, yes. dinner time. That's how Luke <laughs> speaks. Um, so, a uh, couple more now. How, how many stormtroopers do Luke and Leia face off against on the speeder bikes of Indoor? On Indoor. So when they're on the speeder bikes, Luke and Leia, how many stormtroopers do they eventually have to well, get rid of? Um. So they begin with two, mm-hmm. and they shake them, and then there's another two, I think on patrol like or at a checkpoint or something and they face off so I think it's four in total yes it is yes it is four redemption 
Two out of six. We are killing it, my friend. Yes, we're doing so well. So well. So you may get this one as well. well. Um, Okay, question seven, penultimate one. Who was the admiral of the Executor when it was defeated over Endor? The one that kind of really limply crashed into the Star Destroyer at the end. The one that Lucas hates. Who's the admiral? Admiral. Oh, um... Is it Jared? He's the moth, so it's not him, but we'll give you another chance. Oh, no. He is a recurring character. No, he's not. Hang on, is this in the film? Yeah, this no, is in this is, all, this is all film, basically. It's Admiral. <laughs> not Akbar. <laughs> I know. That's all I can So he's an Imperial, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, so he's Admiral. Yeah. He's admir- He's got to be. It's, he's annoyed um, Vader at one point. Yeah, no, I can picture him, Matt. I can picture him. Is it Admiral McBigship? <laughs> I generally wonder where were you going with that. It, this is appalling. Is that locked in? This is in? appalling. Um, I can't. I cannot think of who it is, mate. This is this is shocking. Admiral Large Go on. It is the answer is Admiral Piet. Uh I wouldn't have got that. Admiral Piet, because nah, Vader says um Admiral Piet failed him and don't do it again and all that. Um Fake, mate. Yep. Fake. <laughs> Two out of seven. Right, the final one. What squadrons flew at Endor in the space? Oh, battle? Are you having a laugh? Right, okay. Um, this is only the ones in the squadron? film as well. Okay, right. Green Squadron. Yep. Black Squadron. Right, that's a no. No, Re- it, I'm not, no. Oh, right. So green, I think it's green, black, red, and yellow. Green, black, red, and <laughs> yellow. Are we locking I'm that just- in? I'm just naming the colours. <laughs> Primary yes. colours. And I'll have blue in there, please, as well. <laughs> yeah. How many are there? How many? Is it You didn't put a cap on it, did you? Nope. All <laughs> oh, right, yeah. And uh, yes, there's there's a few others as well. <laughs> Rainbow uh, Squadron. There's Purple Squadron. <laughs> uh, Cyan there's, Squadron. There's the Michael Jackson Squadron. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> no, I, I reckon just those four four colors okay black yellow red and i think i said green you did say green right i think they're locked in it's not entirely correct no Uh, the squadrons (laughs) that flew endor were green red and gold ah right okay if you wanted to go for an extra point an external cannon they got blade and blade squadron and gray squadron as well uh flew but Green, he was the guy who actually flew into PH ship, which caused it to fall into the uh, Death Star. Red and Gold Squadron uh, had to, they had to, uh, what's the word, report in as well. So, green, red, and gold. So, two out of eight. So, how does that work out? Uh, not 20%. good. Not, not great. 25%. Uh, 
if if my missus she's gonna be like wow luke you look so pensive what are you doing i'm like i'm i'm revising return of the jedi yeah i need to be better i can be better why didn't you ask um your wife if she knows any of those if she knows who admiral piet is and which squadrons bravely flew over endor yeah i will mate if she gets any more than you do then well i've got a new co-host yeah, uh, do you know what? At this rate, I think you need one because that was sh- a shocking performance. But that's what the game's for, isn't it? You know, Mate, sometimes no you win, sometimes you lose. Some of us were born to sing the blues. But you know that you now know the answers to those questions, mate. So next time that old geezer in the beehive tries to throw down, you can say to him before you do it, squadrons, Endor, name them. How many people fell into the Sarlacc pit? If he doesn't, if he doesn't know them, you, th- you, you, yeah. you could say to him, you him. put he your hands up. He gets a drink up, over his head. That's it. It's you a drink over up. his head. That's what he gets. Exactly. And that's what you guys get for this week, because that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. 86 to Road to 100 continues. But the fun doesn't end there, and it certainly won't stop at 100 either. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? You can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. You can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions or feel free to drop us a cheeky voice note or cheeky message to our email address, sws at whatiwatchtonight.co. UK. And if you want to support the show further, please consider checking us out at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. We're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere in the galaxy you can find the podcast, you'll find us there. And if you love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podchaser.com as well. It's the IMDB for podcasts. We're on there. It's awesome. So if you have a spare 30 seconds, please do drop us a wicked review over there as well because it helps us grow. It helps us get more listeners in. Plus, we love hearing from you guys each and every week. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum. Tell your dad. Tell your mates. Tell your cats. Tell your Ewok. Tell your Jared. Tell your cousin the more the merrier. Are their castle spicier? And go back and tell Bidlow Quirve as a blast from the past that this is the podcast you're looking for. So, until next time, from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you. Always. Luke, do you want a wonga? <laughs> do you want a wonga? They are Essex-based podcast heroes. Tell that to Kanja Club.